0: amen we're going to be in mark in a few moments i'll give you the citation and the page number real quick it'll be page 488 in the pew bibles mark chapter 1 so you can be turning there but i want to start out this morning by asking you a serious question you ready how much time did you spend praying this week we're in this series talking about the habits of christ and if you know anything about the life of christ he spent a lot of time in prayer. So add it all up. Time in your quiet time, time. You can even add in the obligatory pre-meal blessing if you need to. And some of us probably need to. How much time does it add up? To Be honest with yourself. You don't have to yell it out, but but if you can, you want to. Anybody want to confess? How much? Yeah. I I, I think we... we might many of us be in that same place? I'm not asking you this question to make you feel badly about yourself, though. You don't come to church to gather with the family, to read scripture, to sing, to pray, to praise God, to feel bad. But I hope that you have some conviction as we move through this series about habits that you may or may not be emulating in Christ. Uh, this is one of those that I feel that no matter how much you've prayed this week or how little you've prayed, it's likely that you'll feel though like it wasn't enough, no matter how much or how little it is. Prayer is one of those foundational disciplines of the Christian life, and if that's true, why do we neglect it so much? Why is it something we believe is so foundational to the Christian life, yet it's something that we don't spend enough time doing? And as we continue this series examining these habits of Christ, I want us to kind of to, to hone in on this one. So I feel like we're going to see today that prayer was one of the habits that Jesus had that He never neglected. He prayed when He was happy. He prayed when He was troubled. He started and ended the day in prayer. He prayed for Himself, for the advancement of His kingdom, for uh, others. He prayed for the saved, for the unsaved, for the friends, for enemies. He prayed before sharing a meal. He prayed before entering into difficult work. He prayed. He was both God and man, the son of God, yet he prayed. He took time to speak with his heavenly father. And if Christ prayed and he prayed so much, why do we think we can get away without prayer? I think it's, a, it's an epidemic across our nation and maybe even around the world of prayerless churches and prayerless Christians. Maybe that's one of the reasons so many churches around the United States are closing. One of the many reasons. Forget your mission and you forget to speak with the Creator. There's some well-known Christians, many of which who've gone before us, who have come to understand the power of prayer. I want to read some of their quotes today. Charles Spurgeon said, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. But what is it thing we hold so high in church? Preaching and teaching, right? Spurgeon said, There's something more important than those things, and that's prayer. John Piper, we can't know what prayer is, until we know that life is war, but we don't realize life is war or we don't act like it. Corey Tinboom said, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? How often do you treat prayer that way? Is it the thing by which you steer your life and the Lord steers you? Or is it something, in fact, when's the last time you checked the, 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 the spare tire? Anybody check? You're supposed to check the pressure in that periodically. You know that, right? That's one of those things we neglect, and right now everybody's feeling bad about it. And that's how we treat prayer. We keep it in the trunk. We keep it in the, in, the, in the spare tire place in the back. We don't check the pressure. And then when we need it and we suddenly pull it out, we wonder why it doesn't work. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not prepare us for greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Amen. Thank you. My, my father-in-law. You'll hear him a lot today. Hudson Taylor. If we had had a boy, we were going to name him <laughs> Hudson Taylor. At least that was one of the names. Hudson Taylor Stevenson, Great missionary. We didn't have any boys. He said, do not work so hard for Christ that you have no strength to pray, for prayer requires strength. How hard are you working for Christ? And are you doing it in a prayerless atmosphere, in a prayerless environment? I want to launch into this look at the prayer life habit of Christ and see how Christ directs us to learn the habit of prayer. And I want to do that by looking at some definitions. This first definition of prayer, uh, an earnest Hope or wish. I think a lot of people in the world, especially in the United States, if you asked them, what is prayer, they would say something like this. It's a hope. It's wishing. Maybe even there'd be some superstition attached to it of some sort. I think this is what a lot of people think prayer is. Some people might be hoping that there's a God out there that's listening, but I think most people consider prayer wishful thinking, but not the Christian. The Christian, however, and and even among those who would call themselves Christians, have a variety of different understandings of of what prayer is. So i got a couple definitions the Christian might consider. This first one is a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks addressed to God. And they would leave it right there. That would be like the, the easy understanding of prayer. I talk to God, I say thank you, and I ask for things. Maybe some of you are like, I thought that's what prayer was. (laughs) maybe you can look back to a time in your life in the past where you thought, yeah, that's what prayer is. Prayer's just, I I thank God for the things that He's given me, and I ask for more stuff. I ask for things. I think a lot of Christians would find themselves right there, but I think there's more to it, and I hope that you think there's more to it as well. I would define prayer this way. The spiritual discipline of talking to and hearing from God. Did you see it's a two-sided conversation. It's a two-sided. It's not just you throwing a bunch of stuff out at God, hoping it lands. You ever do that with your spouse? It's like you want something for Christmas. Maybe the kids are doing that to you right now. They're hoping something lands. Our daughter, Abby, stayed in Montana for um, Thanksgiving. She didn't come because she had a very short school break. She has a boyfriend there. She was going to go to his house and his family for Thanksgiving, and she kept throwing out I hope there'll be deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. She told me. She said, I've, I've mentioned it a number of times. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, I wonder if she actually asked them to, <laughs> to make. So, so I wrote her, Thanksgiving Day, any eggs? She was like, no. She was just throwing it out there, hoping it would land. Maybe the boyfriend will hear it. Maybe the, the, the parents will hear it. Somebody will hear it and they'll say, I think Gabby wants eggs for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to make her some deviled eggs. She would have gotten them at home, but not because anybody in our house eats them. I think they're detestable. Sorry, if you love deviled eggs, that's, that's between you and God. Abby didn't get her eggs because she didn't ask. Summed up in one word, prayer is a conversation. It's a two-way conversation where you talk to and expect to hear from a living God. Often we're doing all the talking. We're not spending any time listening. So as we take a look at what prayer really is from the perspective of Jesus, let's start by taking a look at what his prayer life looked like. What did this habit Christ had of praying look like? Mark 1, starting in verse 35, it says, And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he, being Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. He prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next town that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And they went throughout all Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Jesus started early with prayer. It always surprises me, though, that the disciples are always asking him, Why? Where? Where did you go? What what are you doing? Where, Where are you at? People are looking for you. Does your day start out like that? Maybe it's imposed by your job. Maybe it's imposed by yourself. You wake up in the morning, you get dressed, you eat some breakfast, and then it's like, I've got to get to work. I've got this thing, this project, this job, this responsibility, and you rush into it, and you forget to do the most important thing of the day. I don't know if you know Adrian Rogers or not. He was a Southern Baptist pastor in Tennessee, He said, the prayer offered to God in the morning during your quiet time is the key that unlocks the door of the day. Any athlete knows that a good start ensures a good finish. A lot of us don't have good finishes because we didn't have good starts. And you'll talk to different pastors and teachers and people, and some of them will say, you have to start first thing in the morning with a quiet time. And some will say, you can pray any time. You can have a quiet time with the Lord any time during the day. And those are probably both true. But I'm here to tell you, probably better if you start out in the morning like Jesus did. If you take some time that first thing in the morning and set aside some time to speak with and hear from the Lord God Almighty. Jesus knew the truth of this, and he began the day by talking to his Father, the Lord of creation, and we should do the same. We need to hear from him, we need to talk to him. It's a conversation, and we start the day by having that conversation with the Lord, and you'll see that after Jesus did that, then he got to work doing things. First, he talked to the Father, and he heard from the Father. Then he got to work doing the difficult things, the hard things that took prayer to accomplish. Often, we jump into those hard things that take prayer to accomplish without praying, and then we wonder why they turn out the way they did. That didn't turn out so good. Why? You pray first. So I have a question. Write some of the you know, these aren't going to be up there, just questions to write down to think about this week. What are you trying to accomplish for Christ without first praying about it? What are you trying to accomplish in your life for Christ? Um, let, let, let's set aside whether or not that's actually something Christ wants you to do right now because you haven't been praying so maybe you don't know if that's the thing or not but what are you trying to do because I think all of us at one time or another we want to serve God we want to honor Him we want to we see Him work in us and through us and, and we're hoping and we're praying that God will use us well maybe we're not praying enough right maybe we're just hoping well what we should do is start with prayer Lord, what is it you want me to do this week? I, I, I have a list of things that, uh, personally, I have, I have uh, you know, like a daily calendar and a weekly calendar. I have a 12 to 18 month calendar. And it sounds good, but it's, it's rough. <laughs> but I'm trying to like look out into the future, have some vision, see, okay, what's the Lord want us to do in the next six months, the next 12 months, the next 18 months, and, and see where he's taking us and ask him and hear from him. And, and honestly, I don't always do the best job either. Sometimes I rush into my day, and I think, you know, I'm gonna, I'll have quiet time in the office. It never works. I get here, and I think, oh, there's the Bible. It's right there on my desk. I'll, I'll, I'll read it. And then I get an email. Or then I get something, and something comes up, and then another thing, and then another thing, and then it's 2 o'clock. And then you pull out your Bible, and you, you know, you're like, okay, I'm already eight hours in, six hours in. Some of us are only two or three hours in. And it's like, I neglected the most important thing at the beginning. Do you find, if you're a person that, prayers and, uh, that prays, and I know there are some people here that pray, do you find that when you pray in the morning, first thing, and the Lord says, do these things, that they go much easier than if you just launch into stuff without seeking the Lord first? Does anybody find that to be true? I have found that to be true. If I just jump into what I think needs to be done, sometimes it just, it just tanks, But when we start with prayer, we start with time in the Bible, and we seek Him, and we want to hear from Him, and we want to be led by Him, and we talk to Him, and we thank Him, and we praise Him. And He says, do this thing, do that thing, do this other thing. And then you do those things, it's just like, it's just something about it. It just works. It's just smooth. But so often we're trying to accomplish things for Christ without first praying about it. think about what those things might be and begin to to seek the lord and say lord are these even things i'm supposed to be doing next thing how did jesus habit begin to inform his daily life and routines when you have habits your habits change the way you do things in life they change the way you think they change the way you approach things so how did jesus habit Changed the way he reacted in certain situations. We're going to be in 46 in the Pew Bible, Matthew 26 in a Bible you brought or a Bible on your phone. That was page 46 again, Matthew 26, starting in verse 36, and we're going to read a little bit. All right, 36 to 45, it says this. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to him, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, "'Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation.'" It's interesting, Jesus is praying about his stuff, and he says, "'You guys pray about your stuff. Pray and watch that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak.'" Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, "'My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, I will, uh, your will be done.'" Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy so leaving them again, he didn't even bother wake them that time. Leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, "'Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour has come, and it is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed.'" into the hands of sinners. Jesus prayed before the hard things he had to do. In case you're not certain where this story's going, this is the prayer that, that he has before the Father. We see the real human side of Christ here. He was, he was both God and man, but in this moment in the garden, he's looking down the path and very, very short distance down the path, he, he sees his own death and his crucifixion and his torture, and he sees these things coming and he knows they're coming and he says, Lord, if there's any way, Father, that I don't have to go through this. Very human moment. There's any way I don't have to go through this, Lord, take it away from me, but not my will. Your will be done. We could learn a lot from that. I hope you're going back each week as we go through these habits and you're rereading the texts in your quiet time. This would be a great one to reread. There's a lot of, there's a lot of wealth of, of how to pray and what to pray about in this scripture. This human moment, Jesus goes before the Father, and he prays, and he brings some guys with him, and he asks them to pray, and they sleep. So, how often, when you're praying, do you doze off? Let's be honest. Anybody ever dozed off while they're praying? Raise your hand. Come on. We should should probably all have our hands up, right? I've done that before. You're like, okay, I'm going to have my quiet time in bed. You ever done that? I'm going to get up in the morning and i'm going to multitask i'm going to lay down and rest my body while i pray and while i read some scripture and then the snooze alarm goes off again like 15 minutes later and you realize you slept through the whole thing it's a human it must be a human thing why else you know the the disciples they wrote this right they were there they, they, they experienced christ they were with him Afterwards, they sat down, and, and four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they wrote the Gospels out and told the stories. They could have conveniently left that little bit out. That's pretty embarrassing, right? Of course, this is Matthew. I'm sorry, who was it, right? Uh, it was, yeah, it was Matthew. So he didn't mind throwing the, the other three guys under the bus, right? Like <laughs> Peter, James, and John, those guys. They fell asleep while they were praying. If Jesus had brought us, we would have stayed awake. I don't know if that's true or not. But he's pointing at something that's in our human nature. It's, it's something about conversation with God in the wrong timing, the wrong situations, the wrong places, whether it's late at night and we're tired, whether it's morning and we're sleepy, all that to say, when we go to pray with the Father, we need to set ourselves up for success. Don't do it in bed. Get up. Get Get dressed. Sit down with your Bible somewhere. Grab a cup of coffee if you need it. Uh, Sit down, study, read, pray. Question, do you pray before the difficult things of the day? Is that something you normally do? Jesus was entering into probably one of the most difficult things he had to endure. Knowing what was coming. We enter into our days, we don't ha- well, half the time, we don't know what's coming. Maybe more than half the time. You know, we're hoping for the best and we're, we don't know. We hope it'll just be a normal day. Sometimes it turns crazy. We get pulled over by the police or something. You just never know. <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen. Jesus prayed. He took time before the Lord. And he He was human about it. Notice he he talked about, could it pass? So a lesson we can learn from Christ here is that our prayer before God needs to be human. It's okay to be human. You don't have to be superhuman in your prayer. Just pray. Just talk to him. Just listen to him. Do it in a place and in a way where you won't get sleepy. Don't set yourself up for failure. There's a lot of scriptures i wanted to cover today so we're going to continue like i said i hope you go back and read these because there's there's a lot in these Um, let's take a look at this next point how can we begin or enhance the practice of the habit of prayer in our own lives some of us we are praying we're already so you're like okay how do i enhance it some of us aren't praying enough some of us maybe we're not praying at all so it's like how do we start it how do, we, how do we, we grow in this? We're going to take a look at some more in Matthew. We're going to take a look at Matthew 6, uh, page 473 in your Bibles that are in the pew. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, it says this, and when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This next section is in several of the gospels. In one of the other gospels, it says that the the apostles, the disciples, the 12 came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And this is the prayer that he taught them. He said, pray like this. Our Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We talked about that in part a couple weeks ago. We talked about forgiveness when we understood that forgiveness from the Father is predicated on our willingness to forgive others. But I want to back up and hit some of what came before that and talk about some, some characteristics here. The first one is when you don't, I'm sorry, when you pray, don't be a fake. You ever faked it in prayer? Maybe verbally? <laughs> Maybe you've just told people you pray, but you didn't pray. You ever done that? Somebody's, there are sick, there's, a, there's an issue, there's something, and you say, I'll pray for you, and then you, you forget kind of like the guys fell asleep. Jesus said, pray, don't you know, fall into temptation. They fell asleep. We meet somebody or we know somebody and, or somebody calls us and they say, pray for me. And then you, like, you forget. You say you will, but you don't. Quick little side note on that. Pray right then. If somebody says, pray for me. Just say, hey, can we pray right now? If they don't have time to pray with you, then just pray. Just pray in your heart, in your spirit, right at that moment. If you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, just do it right then or write it on your hand in magic marker do do something that you're not going to forget the principle there is if you say you're going to pray then pray so don't be a fake let's define the word hypocrite there's a couple different definitions first as an actor acting out a part that was kind of the old definition they called actors hypocrites they put on a mask and they act like something else another definition of a hypocrite is someone who claims to have moral standards or beliefs To which their behavior does not conform ouch did you know that they are hypocrites is one of the it's one of the accusations lobbed most often at the church that's what the world thinks about people who are christ followers they're they're trying to follow christ they're hypocrites there are some hypocrites in the church you and i may have been those at one point or another People who are saying they'll do one thing while doing another. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. (laughs) We say we act like this, but we really act like this. That happens. Jesus is saying when you pray, don't fake it. It's an important point. And it's a point that moves even in the life of the church beyond prayer. Be a person of your word. Be a legitimate Christ follower. If you're going to be a Christ follower... Follow Christ to the very best of your ability. Really do it. Really live it. Really act upon being a Christ follower. Next thing he says is prayer is not a bunch of fancy words. Did you read what he said? Do not heap up empty phrases for they think they will be heard by their many words. Have you ever done that? We're, we're often, if we pray in public, we, we, we can fall victim to that, can't we? We're worried If we pray in public that we have to say the right thing in the right way with the right stuff and the right words, and if we don't say it, then people will wonder. But the whole point of prayer is not for us. It's a a communication with the Father. When we pray, it's for the Father. The Father doesn't need many words, right? Why? Do you remember the scripture we read a minute ago? He already knows. Who said that? That's right. He already knows but he still wants to hear from you. Isn't that an interesting conundrum? He already knows, but he still wants us to talk to him. Your heavenly father knows what you need before you ask him. A couple more things. When we move through that that portion that we call the Lord's Prayer, a couple of things to note about about the, 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 the content, the quality, the kind of things we pray about when we pray. First of all, who is it addressed to? that up there (laughs) to god he says when you pray pray our father who art in heaven that's why i pray heavenly father although i don't know it's just come then i picked up a long time ago when i pray i start out almost always start with heavenly father i don't know why does it have to be that way i don't think so but you know you're praying to your father when you pray you pray to your father you pray to the god in heaven We pray first for his kingdom to come. What does that mean? That means for his will, his kingdom. And and his kingdom is the word, the gospel, the good news that we have that's contained in the scripture that Jesus came to share and to tell. It's that good news going forth. That good news being shared. The gospel of Jesus Christ bringing the kingdom of God to men and women and children who don't know him, calling them to himself. So we pray for God's kingdom to come. We pray for his gospel. It's one of the things as a church, we need to continue to pray about that as a church, that that we're a, a, a center, a hub, a lighthouse, a beachhead for the gospel of Jesus Christ in Elmwood Park. And that all of us together will take the good news gospel of Jesus Christ to this community in any way possible, whether it's through the school, through contacts at work, through contacts with police and fire departments, through contacts with neighbors, whatever it is, in any way possible, in any form possible, we take the love of Christ to people. We take the good news to them and we tell them, you know, Christ wants to know you. Christ wants to bring you to God. Christ wants to save you. Amen. Then he says, pray for his will, not our own will to be done. Pray for his will. So often, and I don't know if you have to do these in order, but it is interesting that Jesus gave it in order, right? I mean, because we have a language that we have to say things in order. He said, pray to God first, pray for his kingdom first, pray for his will. So often when we pray, what do we do? We just jump to the stuff. We we pull out the spare tire. Please, God, get me through this mess. It's about me. It's about what I need at the moment. It's about my stuff. But he says, first, pray to God, pray for his kingdom, and pray for his will. It's, it's interesting that prayer prayer doesn't change God. A prayer often changes us, doesn't it? Amen. When we ask God and we say, Lord God, your will be done, and then he reveals his will to us and, his, and our part in it, he says, okay, uh, my will be done? Okay, Sean, then I want you to do this. This is my will. You do this thing. And you hear from the Lord. And he directs you and he guides you. He does it through his word. He does it in prayer. He does it through other believers that we talk to and we pray with. He does it in a number of ways. But he reveals his will to us. And we ask for him to ha- have his will be done and for him to show us our part in it. Then we ask him and thank him for our needs. See how deep that is buried? It's pretty, pretty buried in there. We ask him and we thank him. our own needs. He already knows what we need. Scripture says that, right? But He still wants us to ask Him, and He wants us to thank Him. And then He moves to forgiveness, and He says, ask the Father to forgive you. Ask the Father to forgive you, and ask for the Father to build within you a spirit that's willing to forgive the friends, the enemies, the White Sox, the Cubs, the whoever, and we talked about that last week. The guy that cut you off in traffic. I was talking to my in laws this week about Chicago, and there's a lot of stuff in the news about Chicago, other places. You know, everywhere else in the country, they just think so dangerous in Chicago. In fact, I think I told you this summer, Kara came and one of her roommates came to visit her, but her other roommate's mother wouldn't let Kara's college roommate come to visit her in Chicago because Chicago was too dangerous. That's what the rest of the United States thinks about Chicago it's too dangerous. My in-laws are like, it's not like that here at all. <laughs> Dude, the people are so nice and so pleasant and so wonderful until you get behind the wheel. <laughs> and then it's another thing altogether. And it's like, ah. But Jesus says, pray for those too. Pray that you would have forgiveness. Pray that He would give you the, the, the power and, and the will to lay off the horn and Lydia just gave me a look because I never honk my horn not in Chicago Rebecca I honked my horn the other day and and she looked over at me and she said do you want to get us killed stop honking your horn dad I was like okay yeah (laughs) yeah I see some looks going on between spouses out there that's great yeah you need Rebecca in your car for a day forgive and the willingness to forgive. Again, that willingness from the Father to forgive you is predicated on our willingness to forgive others. There's a, there's a complex piece at work there. We talked about that in a prior message about forgiveness. But don't forget, God wants to change you, that your willingness to forgive others and when you are, then he's willing to forgive you. And then the last thing he says is ask for protection from temptation. And we saw that when he was in the garden with the guys, and he said, Okay, you guys wait here, pray, I'm gonna go over here. Pray that you might not fall into temptation. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is gonna go over here, and pray, and ask the Father that maybe, quite possibly, hopefully the worst thing that's ever gonna happen in my earthly life, maybe it won't happen. But he tells the guys over here, he doesn't say, Pray for me, he said, Pray for yourselves that you don't fall into temptation. Well, they kind of did, didn't they? I mean, Peter cut off an ear and then he lied and said he didn't even know who Jesus was. I mean, they should have been praying for themselves, right? Just like Jesus said. Pray. Anybody tempted? You have stuff. you have habits, you have habits, not these habits, not the Jesus habits, but you have some other habits. You got the Sean habits and the, the Daniel habits, and the barber habits, there's a lot of barbers, so that's safe. And the Mike habits, I'll pick out all the names where there's lots of people. You've got these habits, you've got these things, and they beset you, and they come again, and they come over and over again. How often do you pray that you might not be tempted by those things? It's one of the things that the Lord's Prayer says, he said, here's some things to pray about. It was important enough to pray about that he put it, In the Lord's Prayer, which is a direction, a list of how to pray. Pray for yourself, that you might not be tempted. We need to get praying for ourselves. If you're tempted by stuff, stuff is dragging you down, stuff uh, that you can't seem to get past, the Lord says to pray about it. We're going to take a look at Luke 11, read one more scripture. Luke 11. I put 1 through 12, but that's not correct. Um, we're not going to reread the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to start in verse 5. Luke 11, verse 5, page 507, it says this, and he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him in the middle of the night and say, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give anything, to because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, instead of a fish, will give him a serpent? Instead of an egg will give him a scorpion. If you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Jesus, you know what he's saying here? He's saying, be persistent. Be persistent. Keep asking. Keep talking. I think he says this because we have a tendency to not be persistent because we forget to pray. And we don't get up in the morning and spend some time with the Lord praying, and we forget to do it in the evening, and we, we, we're just not praying. We're not talking. We're not communicating enough with the Father. It's like He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to know you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear about your day, and He wants to tell you your part in His plan. He wants to tell you how you fit into bringing the kingdom. He wants to to tell you how you fit into bringing his will about on this earth. He wants you to be a part of these things. But he says, keep asking, keep praying, and don't give up. Be persistent. Be persistent. And then I think it's interesting, again, you you know, when he's in the garden and he says, pray for yourselves, you might not be tempted. That was unexpected. This is another place. I think it sounds unexpected. Verse 13 he talks about giving good gifts. He says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? That's unexpected. You thought maybe it was going to be something else. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How many of you this week prayed and asked for the Father to give you the Holy Spirit? Uh, that's not probably a common thing we pray about. I don't know. Maybe it is. But it's right here. Right at the end of this section on the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, pray and ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. How much more will he give you? He'll give you more and more and more. So I've been studying this topic all week. I've been studying the topic of prayer, and I don't know for sure how you feel (laughs) after a message like this, but I was struck with a feeling of inadequacy. Maybe you are too. A feeling that I haven't been doing this right A feeling that as a Christ follower, I'm concerned about the lack of quality. Maybe you're concerned about the lack of quality, the lack of prayer in your own Christian life. Maybe you're not, but I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we need to make some changes to improve the quality of our communication. (laughs) Do any of you remember, this came to me this morning I was studying, the words to the hymn, What a Friend... We have in jesus anybody know that one yeah what a friend we have in jesus i didn't even know that i remembered that song oh that's me who knew everybody's like i'm like somebody's phone's beeping apparently this timer makes noise shut up timer so now you know we're over what a friend we have in jesus are we going to be able to cue that up yes all right Let's sing it in a minute. But I was struck by the fact that this came to my mind. It's one of the things I love about songs and hymns and stuff is that they, they, they remind you of stuff. And, and let, let's sing this and see what it reminds us of.
1: sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer you guys know it oh what needless pain we bear What a peace we often
0: forfeit, what a needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we're struck this morning not with guilt, not with inadequacy, not with a sense of failure, but with a challenge, Lord. A challenge that we can always do better, we can always do more, we can always strive harder, we can always look at you closer, we can always get up a little earlier. If we're still alive and we're still breathing, Lord, you're not done with us yet. So whatever's gone behind us is behind us, but what's ahead, we can take some control over. Lord, I pray that you will awaken in each of us and within the church an even stronger desire to pray, an even more intense uh, desire, Lord, to pray for our community, to pray for each other, to pray that your will be done, to pray that your kingdom will come. Lord, we're always going to have needs, and we're always going to have wants, and we're always going to have... Stuff like that, Lord, and you've told us to bring those to you, Lord, but I'm struck by the things we're not praying for. Lord, you told us and you told those three in the garden, pray that we might not be tempted. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll remind us this week that you'll you'll as you're building this habit in us. Build in a part of that habit where we begin to pray for ourselves, maybe not just once a day, but maybe more than once a day, hourly, moment by moment, temptation by temptation, Lord, that we might be able to resist temptation. Lord, you told us that's one of the things you want us to pray for. So Lord, teach us how to pray against the temptations that beset us in our own lives. Lord, and the other thing I'm struck with is you told us to ask for the Holy Spirit and that if we asked and we prayed that you would not withhold it. And Lord, I'm struck by the fact that we don't, not only do we not pray enough to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, we hardly even talk about the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I pray that we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. We begin to pray and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We begin to expect the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives and in our church. Lord, I pray that as a church that we pray for this community, that we lift up Elmwood Park, Lord, and even now we lift Elmwood Park up to you and ask, Lord, that you will draw people to yourself, that you will touch hearts that you will begin and continue a a yearning that can't be filled in the hearts of the people in this community by anything else other than you and Lord that we might be obedient to share, to talk to befriend people in this community that we might have opportunities to share the good news gospel with them Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit today. Lord, we ask that we not be tempted today. Lord, we ask that your will will be done, that your kingdom will come, that it will be perfect like it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for the things that you've given us. Lord, you, we know and we ask for the things that we need. Lord, I pray that you will continue to make us forgiving people we thank you for the forgiveness that you offered us, even when we didn't deserve it, even when we couldn't reach out for it, even when we didn't know we needed it. You sent your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for him. And we reach out to him today, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for saving us. Maybe today, Lord, somebody's here and they're they're searching They're wondering, who is this Christ and how can I know them, Lord? They could reach out to you today. It says in Scripture that uh, all we have to do is call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that you raised Jesus from the dead and that you'll save us. You'll give us a new life. You'll take away the old and you'll make something new in us. Lord, as we turn from our past and our sin towards you and you take those away and you wash them and you make us clean you give us a new life and a new purpose in following and serving you Lord I pray that you'll do that I pray that you'll do that today in all of our lives as we renew our commitment before you to love you and to honor you and to take time to talk with you Lord forgive us for prayerlessness (laughs) Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for his habit, for his example. Continue, Lord, to make us more like you day by day and moment by moment for your glory and for your honor. In the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen.